Good afternoon. I'm Tim Swindle, director of the Lunar and Planetary Laboratory at the University of Arizona, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today for a conversation about scientific ballooning is Ellen Stern, chief science officer for Worldview. How did you get involved with scientific ballooning? <laughs> I had a uh, long history in my uh, research career of flying suborbital sounding rockets as a research platform, uh, doing experiments for NASA as a planetary scientist and doing some astrophysics as well. Uh, later, when um, uh, the opportunity came to reinvent scientific ballooning, four of us got together and founded Worldview, three Tucson natives and myself, Jane Pointer, uh, Tabor McCallum, former NASA astronaut Mark Kelly, and I. What is it that you can do from a balloon that you can't do from the ground? We have great telescopes all around. What does the balloon give you? Well, the balloon gives you uh, many capabilities that you don't have from the ground. For one thing, if you want to look down at the ground over large expanses, being at altitude, and for us that means typically 50,000 to almost 150,000 feet, you can see very wide expanses. You can also study the upper atmosphere because that's where you are, and those studies are very important. And then, because you're at altitude, you're able to see many of the wavelengths that we can't see from the ground. And normally, you'd have to go to space at much greater expense. So the balloon's a sweet spot. How do you come back to Tucson? I would, I would think that the winds would be driving you some direction or another. <laughs> well, that's one of the breakthroughs that Worldview has been perfecting, is the ability to not be at the mercy of the winds, but actually to be able to, I'll use the word hover, but we, we prefer the word persist over an area, like over a city or over an agricultural area. And we do that by finding winds that are in countervailing directions at different altitudes and going from one altitude to another and back so that we can fly east and then return back west and even stay in a relatively small box that's just kilometers across. Until now, most of the balloons that I've been familiar with that do scientific ballooning have been launched through NASA and I believe there's a, a single company, Columbia, that launches them. Uh, are you going after the same kind of business they are, or is it a different sort of business model? Well, the Columbia Scientific Ballooning Facility is actually a government entity. Uh, but there are a number of companies that do private balloon launches. I think we're probably the most prominent. And we're looking at both the kind of markets that Columbia services for the research community, but also the international research community. You know, there are 194 nations on Earth, and the advantage of ballooning is compared to spaceflight, it's orders of magnitude less expensive. So essentially every country on Earth can afford this kind of research program, this kind of program for their educators as well. And we're looking at lots of commercial markets for all kinds of applications ranging from uh, disaster communications, uh, which a high-altitude platform is great for and which you can deploy very quickly to studies uh, of the climate for agricultural purposes to uh, communications up in the Arctic for shipping lanes that are opening up as the world changes its environment. Really, the number of uh, applications is almost, almost unlimited. People here may also have heard of the fact that Worldview is trying to do passenger ballooning at high altitude. Well, we're really interested in space tourism, and a lot of people would like to visit space, and the great thing about uh, uh, doing it uh, our way with the balloon system uh, is that um, the cost is lower than flying on a rocket. You don't have to take all those Gs. Uh, there's no rocket engine that uh, can cause a safety concern, and frankly, 
an experience that lasts hours versus minutes, you know, is something I think a lot of people will really like. Since I have Alan Stern in the studio, I, if people have recognized your name, they may realize that you are principal investigator for the New Horizons mission that just flew past Pluto about a year ago. How does scientific ballooning and flying past Pluto, how do those connect? Well, in fact, I've been involved in 27 different spaceflight missions. New Horizons is probably the most prominent, but only one of those. And I have a strong interest in the exploration of frontiers. And I think the exploration of Pluto at the very frontier of our solar system is one example of that. And opening up the stratosphere to routine use for research and education is a new kind of frontier, a commercial frontier with applications for research and education and commercial activity. And they're pretty intimately linked in my mind, even though the altitude range is very, very different. Well, Alan, thanks again for speaking with us. I'm Tim Swindle, director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this has been Arizona Science. You can hear this and other Arizona Science conversations by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org.